0: When it comes to the workplace, there's a saying that goes, the 30 is the new 50. In today's age, a lot of people are managing and leading older and more experienced people in the workplace. And because this question came up a number of times recently in client conversations, I wanted to share my top five tips on how to lead older people here with you on this podcast. I'm also going to talk about what to do if you feel some of your team members are kind of stuck in their old ways. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team effectively, and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders. I'm a leadership coach, a mom of three, a coffee lover, and a travel enthusiast. Stick around, because in this show, you'll learn how to think, communicate, and act to become a confident, high-performing leader people love to work with. Let's go. Welcome to this episode of the Manager Track Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you had a great start to 2022, and I hope it was a little less rocky than it was on my end. Uh, my family was under the weather I'm not 100% sure if it was COVID because there was no positive test result. However, it uh, is very likely. And what that, managing work and sick kids and not feeling great myself for a couple of weeks for some time. And I felt pretty worn out already in week one of the new year. <laughs> so it can only go up from here. Uh, I feel a lot better today and I hope that you're healthy too. And so are your family and your loved ones. Now today's topic was actually inspired by a couple of conversations that I had with clients around the challenges and insecurities that they experienced with managing older people and I've personally been in this situation as well and I remember that I was uh, worrying about it and that it was something that definitely occupied my brain for quite a bit. I thought that my two clients, I mean, we're probably not the only ones uh, navigating this challenge, and are looking for some tips, or that could find it helpful to hear some suggestions on how to best deal with this. So I took this opportunity to share my five tips with you today, and I also want to talk a little bit about what to do if you feel your employees are kind of stuck in their old ways, and sometimes this goes hand in hand with managing older people, and sometimes these are two completely different situations. Now, before we dive into my five tips, actually, I want to share with you results from a survey that was published on careerbuilders.com. In the survey, they asked people who were managed by a younger boss how happy they were with their younger boss. And of all the people who said, I'm not happy with having a younger boss, here were their five most common answers to why they are not happy with their younger boss. The first one, mentioned by 55% of those employees who are not happy with their younger boss, is that the boss thinks they know more even though I have more experience. The second one, at 42%, is that the boss gets defensive when I question their decision. The third one, at 38%, is that the boss demonstrates favoritism towards younger workers. The fourth one... Mentioned at 34% was that the boss assumes I don't know how to do certain things. So the assumption there. And then the last one at 21% was that the boss assumes I don't know how to use technology. I, I found this really interesting because clearly all of these five reasons are completely within the boss's hands to course correct, to not fall into these traps. You can absolutely, and we're going to talk about this in the five tips, but you can absolutely prevent being perceived as a boss who thinks knows more than the older, more experienced employees. You can definitely be a boss who doesn't get defensive when being questioned or when your decisions are being questioned. You can for sure not play favoritism towards younger workers or make assumptions about what they can and cannot do, including the usage of technology. So the good news is that you have a tremendous amount of influence. Just the fact that you're a younger boss does not mean that you're going to be less respected or less valuable in your role by itself. So it's all about your behavior and your approach in managing and leading older people. So here are my five tips to this. The first two are actually a little bit more around your mindset. The very first tip that I have is to understand and embrace the idea that honoring and leading are not mutually exclusive so honoring older people being respectful and grateful for the experience that they have and acknowledging that can go hand in hand with you leading older and more experienced people so you can honor them and you can lead them at the same time the way to honor and lead them uh, is what we're going to talk about in a little bit but just From the get go, understand that if you feel uncomfortable or insecure about leading older people, you being a younger leader does not mean that you can't honor them. And there's something cultural about this too. I think certain cultures have way more of an honor system or a value around honoring older people. And that can make it tricky in the workplace. And sometimes that can get in the way of you then actually. Showing up and owning your title, which brings me to my tip number two. Again, this is all about your mindset and your attitude about you being a younger boss. Some of the biggest problems actually (laughs) come from a lack of security on the boss's end. So being defensive, for example, if your decision is being questioned, is likely a sign that you're somehow insecure about your decision or about being the younger boss. Otherwise, if there's no insecurity and someone's questioning you, you would just engage in the dialogue non-defensively and keep making your case or being curious of why the other person disagrees. The defensiveness comes from a place deep down sometimes (laughs) of insecurity. So you owning your title, realizing that you're there for a reason, that you bring a particular asset and a value to the organization and to your team in that role. Also, realizing that not everyone wants to lead. So you might have older people or more experienced people on the team, but they may not want to lead. So you're filling that gap. You're stepping in and taking on that responsibility. And despite the discomfort that you might have. And so for you to be effective, you have to get over the discomfort and work on developing your confidence in that situation it's going to make you so much more effective because you're not going to be defensive you're not going to be tiptoeing or walking on eggshells or being insecure with decisions and so forth so that was my tip number two the first one honoring and leading are not mutually exclusive and the second one own your title know why you're there and developing your confidence are all about your mindset this is the inner work you got to do in order to become a better leader on the outside. So then moving on to tip number three, which is now we're moving more towards your behaviors that you demonstrate, is that when you work with older people, or also when you work with experts that have a level of expertise way beyond what you have, even if they're the same age or younger, is that you want to demonstrate curiosity. Instead of listening to respond, you want to listen to understand, Let me repeat, when you talk to older people or more experienced people, you want to listen to understand, not listen to respond. So demonstrate curiosity coming from this place that I can learn something from everyone, from the people who are way younger and the people who are way older, to those in my field and those who do something completely different. Another way to make this a little bit easier, in fact, that I think is helpful to consider here, is that when you, in your personal life, have relationships and friendships with older people and with younger people, that curiosity mindset and the openness and the comfort with engaging in dialogue and conversations with people of all kinds of age groups actually comes easier and will help you in the workplace too. So if you realize, oh, in my career, I'm actually going to have to lead way younger people. I'm going to have to lead way older people. Consider expanding your circle of friends in your personal life to these age groups as well. I think there's a really big opportunity to transfer those skills from the personal to the professional life and vice versa. So that was tip number three is to come from a place of curiosity, always trying to understand first. The fourth tip that I have is to always remember that you as a leader have to adapt your style. There's not one way to lead. You have a natural leadership style, which is the way that you would like to be led by your boss. One of the common mistakes is then to think, oh, everyone else wants to be led that way. So I'm going to lead my team members that way. It's not true. You want to look at what do they need from me? How do I meet them where they're at? What are their preferences? What's their natural style? What's their language and, and what motivates them? And then you adapt your style. You flex your style to their preferences. And this specifically applies to managing older people to look at how do they communicate. If they prefer to have a phone call versus a Slack message and you want to convey something important, you want to influence them, don't send them a Slack message just because that's your preference. Pick up the phone and talk to them directly. And on that note of flexing your style, one of the other common issues that I see here is... That when you're in a different generation or you're coming from a different field or a different background in general, we have all these implicit expectations and assumptions of what someone knows, does, prefers, wants, needs, and so forth. But you as a leader, you do not have a crystal ball. You don't need to have a crystal ball, but you need to have the courage to have conversations with each member on your team about implicit, inexplicit explicit expectations, and maybe even assumptions. So instead of assuming, like you heard in that survey, in the survey results, so instead of assuming that someone knows something or doesn't or is tech savvy or not, Ask them, like, what's your most comfortable way of communicating? How quick do you expect a turnaround to emails or to a phone call? What tools, do you, find to uh, what tools do you find easy to use? What tools you find easy to use? What tools you find hard to use? Ask these kind of questions and don't make assumptions. The likelihood that you and someone who looks like you and acts like you and is the same age as you and navigates the same social circles as you then the likelihood that they have the same implicit expectations is a lot higher than the likelihood that someone who's from a different generation, has a different work experience or different background. The chances that you run into conflict because of misunderstandings and incorrect assumptions is way, way higher. And then my last tip is about asking questions, offering challenges, painting the picture of the vision, And and is that you want to emphasize your ability to cast the vision or develop a strategy and to challenge your employees, that you want to ask them thought-provoking questions, help them see different perspectives, expose them to new or different opportunities, or to help them shape their role in a way that is fulfilling to them. That is your job, way more so than giving direction on the how or giving advice. And actually this is a a lot more of a coach-like leadership approach, right? That you're gonna embody here with people who are older than you or with people who have a, a higher level of expertise in a certain field than you do, where giving answers and direction on the how is actually pretty ineffective and probably frustrating to your employees. So this situation is actually forcing you to grow in these areas and that will benefit you as a leader down the road very typically, if someone becomes a manager for the first time, they may be sort of the high performer on the team. Then there's an opening. They start managing their former peers. But they're clearly recognized as the expert, as the highest performer on the team. They have their team's respect and they're able to give answers, to give advice and suggestions and so forth. And then as they grow and expand their scope of responsibility, they'll be leading down the road. They'll be leading people with higher levels of expertise or deeper knowledge on a specific aspect. And at that point, this shift to becoming more coach-like will be called for. If you're managing older people at the very beginning or people with high levels of expertise, you're just going to be pushed into that growth arena a little bit sooner than others may be. But look at this as an opportunity. And at the same time, be patient with it. This may take time. You may not gain the respect from your older employees just by having one conversation with them. Give it time, it's like, you know, you're planting the seeds in the garden and then you got to water these seeds and over time the flowers will grow and ultimately bloom. It's the same thing with these relationships. Stick with it, practice these five tips that we talked about here and be patient to seeing the results. Now, as I promised in the beginning, I want to quickly talk about what to do if you feel your employees are stuck in their ways. And sometimes I see this with small things. For example... Well, they don't want to use this one particular task management tool and the rest of the team is on it and them not being on it or them not being consistently updating the tickets or the tasks is creating a burden for the rest of the team. And I I don't know how to get them to do this because they feel like they've done their job successfully with the last 20 years without the tool. That's just one quick scenario, but I've seen all kinds of forms and shapes of challenges like this in conversations with clients or in my own personal experience as well. What you can do in situations like this is, first off, you want to be really clear on the impact that that behavior has. So asking for help and really saying, hey, I need your help with this because here is what it does when you do X, Y, Z. The impact it has on the rest of the team is so-and-so. The impact it has on me and my ability to, for example, articulate The status of certain projects to my boss is getting in the way of us being perceived as a high-performing team. And I ask for you, even though I know it's not your preference, to jump in and to help out the team. So extend the reasons why and share as many of the impacts and examples that you can find of why changing behavior would be beneficial to them and to others and cast as far as you can go. Another sentence that you want to add to your repertoire, or another phrase, maybe more specifically, is, would you be willing to? So instead of telling or directing someone to do something, start your sentences by saying, would you be willing to? And you'll see there might be a little bit of a shift in people's openness to agree and find a compromise. Then if they actually do it, even if it's just a one-off, but that you actually see them demonstrate that behavior that you asked them to do, then give them a ton of praise. And also, again, let them know the positive impact this behavior had. Make a big deal out of it. And I'm not saying go all rah-rah, you don't need to do that, but you want to be really clear on, hey... When you updated the tasks, it was super helpful because within a minute I had a good grasp of where we're at and I was able to articulate this to the team that we're working with. And as a result, I was able to secure more resources, which again will make the job for all of us, including you, a lot easier. So I'm just, I'm kind of the dots for the person to see not just what happens if I don't do it, but also what does happen? What's the positive outcome if I do follow through? And then last but not least, to the extent that you can, focus on the what and not the how. So if someone is doing a great job, they're really uh, performing, they're, you know, they're really performing, they may have a few more years in the workforce and they're set in their ways. They may really not want to change how they're doing things. And so you have to ask yourself, Is it worth overall for me to keep this person on and benefit from their expertise and their steadiness and their reliability and it makes sense to give in on some of the how-to and let them do the way that they want to do it? Is that worth it or is it actually creating a way bigger issue on the team and the team's morale or the overall ability to perform as a team if they don't follow through. So you, will, so you have to weigh this equation of how much is a liability and how much is this an asset? What are the assets and what are the liabilities here with this situation? Be very transparent about it. And then, if there is a problem that you think really needs addressing, you want to make sure that you loop in HR and obviously your boss as well to handle this appropriately. And so, speaking of that, I cannot talk about managing or leading older people without also talking about the discrimination of age in the workplace. Discrimination of age is actually way more prevalent than we may be aware of, or that even studies are reaching seems to currently be capturing and so when it comes to workplace discrimination on age what you want to be very conscious of because the last thing that I ever want for you is to land in a lawsuit or to just treat people unfairly let's be really clear with that too so you want to be fair you want to be just you want to treat people equally give them access to equal opportunities including raises and benefits and invitations to events or perks and so forth you also don't want to make assumptions based on age, even in a fun way, is not appropriate at all. So, disparaging comments are completely inappropriate. So, whether your team members are younger or older, do not comment on their age or make assumptions of what they may need or want based on their age. Telling someone who's older to take it easy for a while is inappropriate or assuming that a woman in her 30s doesn't want to have a job that involves a lot of travel because of wanting kids or having kids is also inappropriate so be aware of this educate yourself on what age discrimination means in the workplace as you're speaking of leading older people so this is an interesting topic it's also somewhat a serious topic and i hope that these five tips that i shared with you are helpful quickly recap them number one was Remembering that honoring and leading are not mutually exclusive. Number two, own your title, develop your confidence. Number three, come from a place of curiosity. Listen to understand, not listen to respond. Number four, adapt your style and have conversations about implicit and explicit expectations or assumptions. And number five, quickly develop a leadership style that's a lot more coach-like, Focus on casting the vision, developing the strategy and helping your team members be successful considering what success looks for like for them is what you want to focus on as a manager and leader who has older people on their team. And as I mentioned a couple times through this podcast, the same thing applies for younger people. And many of these things apply to people way younger than you or to people with high levels of expertise that go beyond the level of expertise that you have. I'd love to hear what was a key takeaway that you had. Message me on social media or send me an email at contact at RamonaShaw.com. I always love hearing from listeners and uh, their stories or examples. Those emails and messages make my days. Thanks so much for listening. And I'll be back next week with another episode of the Manage Track Podcast. If you love this show, then you love even more my free training for new managers. If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.